Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, we're going to continue in, in um, Colossians, and we're going to read. We finished chapter 2 a couple of weeks back, but we're going to go over the last few verses of that because we need that to understand why 3 opens the way it does and why Paul delves into other things because this is piggybacking on the prior teaching. And as you, you know, Paul, the way he lays out the revelation from Jesus, it's, it's, you have to read a lot to really get the concept of what he's saying. It's not like Proverbs punch you one verse at a time. Paul has a lot of things to say. As was it Ashley? Is that what you're talking about? Comma, 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 comma. Like, Come on, Paul, give us a period so we can digest what you just said. Um, but he's laying this stuff out, and and it really is one thing compounded on another, and revelation upon revelation is flowing from him, from Jesus, to him, to us. And I, I'm grateful to God that he was able to articulate these incredible heavenly truths uh, in a way that we can understand them and that we can live in their truths. Amen. But we have to study these things because sometimes, I mean, these are big truths. And Colossians is, is like Ephesians in many ways. They call them the mirror books or the sister books. This is where Paul is very theological, and, and it's split up basically like Ephesians is. The first two chapters, first half is all about our position. And now we're going to be moving into the practicality of that position. How to walk in this position, how to live this life. And Ephesians is very much the same way. It's six chapters, and the first three are very much the same way, about our position in Christ, in Him, in Him, in Him. I mean, if you could narrow Ephesians down to two words, it would be in Him. And then when you get to 4, 5, and 6, he talks, shows us how to live it, who you are and what to do. It's beautiful. So we're getting over into what to do what that looks like, what, how that should affect our daily lives, and what, what our part is in this position. You know, we all have a part, right? God did everything He could, everything that He would do, and made it possible for us to become the children of God through faith in Jesus, and not only to become the children of God, but to be empowered then to walk as children of God, to think like children of God to talk like children of God, and to act like children of God. Can I get a good amen? amen. Verse 20 of chapter 2, Paul has been talking about how we have been delivered from what Christ did at that cross when he took the handwriting of requirements out of the way that was against us, that was contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and he disarmed the devil and all the principalities of evil and wickedness, and he completely disarmed them, so they're powerless against you. Amen. And everything that was against us, everything, our, our own sin and our own fallen nature, he dealt with all of those things, and he fixed it. He fixed the problem. And so now, verse 20, Paul is warning the church and, and, and of Colossae, and he's warning one cause church tonight. Therefore, if you died with Christ... From the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Now, I know I've been guilty of that. Am I in the right church? I've been guilty of subjecting myself to regulations, to rules. 
do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. That seemed like that was every sermon I heard growing up. Which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. He's saying, why are you following man-made rules? These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom. And you know, let's, let's just be honest. We like to look good. Huh? We, like, we like to be seen doing good things. We like to be known for that. And so Paul says, having that kind of focus of regulations and rules and, uh, and the principles of this world indeed has an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion. So he sums it up. This is what it is. It's self-imposed religion. False humility and neglect of the body, but are of no value. Everybody say no value. They're of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. You know why? Because the focus is still the flesh. Whether the focus is to do good or the focus is not to do good, it's still about doing it through the strength and the ability of the flesh. And Paul says, no, no, that's not what Jesus did for us. He did not come to modify our behavior. He came to make us alive. Alive. Verse 1 shows us this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. So what he's saying is, you've got to put your focus on the right thing. It's not about the doing, it's about the man. The one who was raised from the dead. And being that he was raised, so were you. So now your identity is found in him. When he was crucified, so were you. So when he was raised, so were you. Seek those things then which are above, where Christ is. You know, that's where he is. He's in my heart. Well, kind of. His spirit is there, but he's sitting next to the Father right now. He's sitting right next to the Father. Jesus said when the Spirit of truth comes, he's going to come, and that same Spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you, abides in you, and he is going to testify of me. So yes, it is the Spirit of him, but he is seated next to the Father right now. We're all grateful for that tonight because he's praying for all of us on a continual basis. The Scripture says he ever lives to make intercession for us. Sitting at the right hand of God. That's where he is. But you remember what Ephesians taught us? That he made us alive with him, and then he also made us sit with him in heavenly places. So, as you're here in the Spirit, as his Spirit is here with you, your Spirit is there with him. Now, I can't, that's the, that's the best way I know how to say that for it to kind of make any sense at all. Because this eternal realm, the spiritual realm, is beyond comprehension. All right, We can't wrap our finite fleshly minds around that. We have borders, but there is no borders in the Spirit. Amen. It is a limitless, everlasting experience. So knowing that that's where he is, so this is what he's saying. Seek those things which are above. Well, are you above? Are you, if you're in him, then that's where you are. If he's there, then you're there. Amen. 
So the law and the, and the principles of this world, the man-made regulations, all have an earthly emphasis on our actions. And it is one of those earthly things that should never occupy us when we focus on who we are in Christ. I said when we focus on who we are in Christ and what He has given us, a holy lifestyle is sure to follow. That is the product. That is the fruit of our righteousness. Our righteousness bearing fruit unto holiness. Holiness is not a work. It's a fruit. Amen. Preoccupation with our earthly position, our actions of holiness, is a sure sign that we are not focused on our heavenly position. So what does that look like? What does that, what does that mean? Well, let's look at verse 2. Paul shows us how we do this. How if we're raised with him, then we need to seek those things which are above. And then he says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, how many of you understand tonight that you, by, in the spirit, are fully justified and fully made righteous in him? That's true. You're as holy and as righteous as you can be in the Spirit. But you got this mind and body that's playing a lot of catch-up to that truth. But it's going to have to start with the mind so that the body will be sure to follow. And the mind and the tongue have everything to do with it. Set your mind then on things above. Oh, okay. So if you set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. So he gives us this practical thing to do now. What does that look like? What does it mean to set your mind on things above? Does it mean to close your eyes and imagine heaven, um, that might not hurt. Maybe read descriptions of heaven in the scriptures and see what it looks like, and you can find a lot of that in the book of Revelation. Not the terrifying part, the good part. Because that's where he is, this place called the throne of grace. This rainbow is there around that throne, and Jesus, and the way it describes him, and all of his majesty, and all of his glory, There's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And the angels, the way they circle the throne and sing holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. It's like they can't think of any other thing to say. They just keep coming back to that because every time they, they, they as Daniel Plowman puts, I love the way he says it, every time they, they circle around that throne, they're, they're, a new dimension of God comes out and the holy, holy, that's all they can say is holy, holy, holy. What a, what a place. That, that, i got chills all over me just thinking of that. But it's not just about heaven it's on things that are above. You ever heard of taking the high road? The high road's not always easy to take. But it's worth it. But he says, set your mind on things above. Okay? You remember Philippians chapter 4, verse 8? Paul gives us some things to think about. Some high-minded things, if you will. Some things that are above. Philippians 4, verse 8 says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, well, you're going to have to turn off the news to do that. Not just the news. Maybe, okay, you said it. 
Whatever things are noble. What does noble mean? Of royal fashion. I'm not talking about the royal family. I'm talking about actual royalty, not adults who play dress up. Whatever th- What is the obsession? We live in the greatest nation in the world where we are the kings. Hello. Well, you know what, what things are noble? You remember we talked about Galatians chapter 4, about identifying with the right mother. There is Sarah, which is the Jerusalem above, which is free. We are children of the free woman. And then there's Hagar, who is the bondwoman who brings her children continually into bondage. And the things that are noble, the word, the name Sarah means noble woman. When you think about your heritage of faith from Abraham and Sarah, that you are of a lineage of faith in God, made righteous by faith in Jesus. Things that are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, well, that gives me a free pass to think about Heather all day long. Whatever things are of good report, everybody say good report. When do you need to hear a good report? All the time. But especially when you hear a bad one. Hmm? Whatever things are of good report. Remember what the Lord has done. I remember being a kid, we used to sing this hymn, Count Your Blessings. Y'all remember that song? Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Or something like that. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So Paul gives us a good list of some things to look at. Things to set our minds on. Amen. So I recommend it. Set your mind on things above and on things that are there. The word, the, 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 those words, set your mind. I love this. It means to have understanding. Have understanding of things above. To think on things above. To feel toward things above. You know, you can change how you feel. You are in complete control of how you feel. You make me so mad. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You make yourself mad. Nobody's making you mad. Now, they might push your buttons. They might say things that offer you the opportunities. But you make yourself mad. Don't blame somebody else for your decision. I needed a better amen than that. Husbands and wives. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Look at this. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. How simple is this right here? For those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Isn't that wonderful? 
I like the way the King James Version says um, this verse in Colossians. It says, set your affection on things above. So it's more than just thinking towards it. It is really, this denotes thought with desire or interest. Thoughts with desire or interest. Verse 3, for you died. Did you know you died? Lauren knows it because I buried her on Sunday in the waters of baptism and Jason Voss. And then he quit coming to church, apparently. (laughs) For you died, and your life is hidden. Oh, there he is right there. Sorry, Jason, he's running the camera. Forgive me, Jason, you are here. How did I not see you? You're nine feet tall standing back there. My apologies. Ain't I the idiot tonight? And we got you all the way under, didn't we? When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. I love that promise. You also will appear with Him, how? In glory. This body is going to be glorified. Amen. Saved, spirit, soul, and body. Do you remember those, I can remember the first time I saw one of these, I was at a car wash out in San Angelo, and my friend Danny Smart took, uh, we, were, we were waiting, we were, it was the first time I, we saw, like, you could watch the car being washed through the windows. You know, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. But on the wall, they had this picture, and he said, you ever seen one of these? I said, no, what is it? He said, come over and look at this. I said, what am I supposed to see? He says, you don't see that? I said, what am I supposed to see? He said, you see the space shuttle? I said, no. He said, you got to kind of blur your eyes. He said, it's a 3D picture. He says, but you can't look straight at it. He said, you kind of have to kind of zone out. I said, I can do that. And so I did. I just sit there and, I stood there and looked at it, and then I just kind of let my eyes relax. And all of a sudden, this space shuttle popped out. I went, what the heck is that? He said, isn't that cool? I said, yeah, kind of. It's kind of scary, too. When you allow yourself, the more you focus, listen to me, you're hidden in Him. You're hidden with Christ in God. Or you're concealed. The, the Greek word is crypto. You're concealed in Him. And it's hard to see it when you're looking at what's here rather than looking at what's there. As the old song goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. All these things begin to fade away and you see who you really are in Him. That you are a justified spirit. Hallelujah. Made righteous by faith in Him. I love the way John says this in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. Say, now I'm a child of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. 
is. Paul says right now we see, we're looking kind of through a dark glass right now. We only know in part. And, and the way we know is by hearing and, and, and speaking that thing, but, but we can't see it. Our eyes just aren't there. They're not opened to that reality yet. But when we see Him, we're going to see Him as He is. And you know what else we're going to see? We're going to see us as we really are. And you know what else we're going to see? We're going to see the devil as he is. And the scripture says that when they look upon him, when we see this one who has caused such havoc in the world for centuries and centuries, uh, we will say, this is the one who shook the nations? This kitty cat that had a roar? We're all going to be amazed at just how defeated and disarmed he is. And wonder, what were we ever afraid of? Why were we ever afraid of that? Why did we allow this? Now we're not going to have, have a bunch of regrets. Thank God, maybe for a moment, but the Scripture says he's going to wipe away all of our tears. I thank God for that. Let's look at verse 5. Are you okay? Therefore, put to death your members. I'm not talking, this is not talking to pastors. Even though sometimes I want to take that literally. From other churches, never here that I've been a part of. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Well, what does that mean? Now, this is going to tell you what your members are. All right? Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire. Now, passion uh, means wrong passion, evil passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. Well, Paul, you just, how, how are you reconciling this with the other things you've said about us? All the good stuff, that we're hidden in Him. Yeah, we are. But he says, the members which are on the earth. Remember, we've talked about a Romans 7 where Paul says, I find a law. That evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. And I find that evil and that sin is found in this flesh. Hmm? If you've been a Christian five or ten minutes, you've figured that out. And you've wrestled with, man, I'm still terrible. The Bible says I'm saved, but I ain't thinking like that. Why do I still want to do this stuff? You're perfectly normal that way. You're a justified spirit living in an unglorified body. That's the way it is. That's, that's the rub. And, and it's this continual struggle of flesh against spirit and spirit against the flesh. And these two are contrary to one another and they will not agree until we are glorified with Him. So don't be discouraged in that. If it, think about this for a moment. Because the devil loves to play some serious head games in this struggle. Because he wants you to identify with what's bothering you rather than the fact that it actually does bother you. I'm going to say that again. He wants you to identify with what is bothering you rather than the fact that you are bothered by what's bothering you. If you're bothered by it, that tells me that there's something in you that's right. If, if you're having a hard time with this struggle, if you know this is not right, then that tells me something in you is right. 
Because if you're not right on the inside, well, what does it matter to you? Paul says those, those that are on the outside, the unbeliever, they're not bound to righteousness. And for any Christian to go tell the world out there they need to straighten up, it's ludicrous. Our message is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We can't do this without that born-again spirit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't count for anything until we become born again. Amen. So the fact that it does, by that, that's the moment not to go, oh, man. That's the moment to say, praise God. Man, I've grown. It used to not bother me, but now it does. Okay, I'm making some steps forward. Amen. Like I said, the enemy wants you to identify continually with the wrong thing. But look what he says. So he's telling us where this stuff is, fornication, uncleanness. I don't have time to go into all the definition of those things. Let's just call it nastiness. Okay? Because of these things, watch, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Without a show of hands, how many of you have disobeyed the Lord? Oh, I, I said without a show of hands. You don't have to be that honest in church. I'm trying to protect you a little bit. But I appreciate your honesty, Nathan. He's very ready, too. I mean, he's like... Yeah. So does that make you a son of disobedience? Because if you, if you don't know, this is, going to, this is going to jack you up. And emphatically, it is no. You're not a son of disobedience. You're a son who maybe once in a while disobeys. But you are sons of God. But watch. Because he's going to show us right now. He's going to show us the distinction. That's why you got to keep reading Paul. You can't stop there. All right? Because there's a comma. In which you yourselves once walked. So he's making a distinction between you and the sons of disobedience. Once walked when you lived in them. Okay, so there's a difference between living in it and walking in it. There's a difference between living in it and walking in it. I'll show it to you. Galatians chapter 5, let's bring that up for a moment. Galatians 5. So is it okay if we study the Bible? If we live in the Spirit. Does anybody here live in the Spirit tonight? Let us also walk in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is your position. Walking in the Spirit is how you walk it out. Huh? Putting it into action. Since we live... So he's saying those who... When you lived in those things, then it's only natural that you walked in those things. And the sons of disobedience are those who are living in it, therefore they walk in it. And he says, this is not you. Look at verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Now, here's the second practical thing he, sh thing he shows us in how to live this in him experience. One, it has to do with getting your thoughts right. Hmm? setting your mind on the things above, meditating on what's good and noble and just and lovely. But now he says there's another part to this, another practical thing. Remember I've talked to you, the Christian, the Christian walk is expressed in thoughts, words, and actions. That's it. 
Thoughts, words, and actions. So he teaches us here about thoughts. And now he says, you got to get anger out of your mouth. You got to get wrath out of your mouth. You got to get malice out of your mouth. You got to get blasphemy out of your mouth. Uh, let's just, filthy language. How about all of that? That just kind of covers anything I didn't cover here. Filthy language. Now, we hear that, we think cuss words. That's part of it. All right, anything that does not glorify, anything that does not encourage, anything that does not lift someone up, anything does not, that does not speak life, anything does not de declare blessing and health and wholeness and healing and amen, all those good things. See that? Notice all of those need to come out of the mouth. Anger, how do you express your anger? Hmm? You open your mouth, that no good. Wrath, much the same way. Maybe a little hotter. Malice. Just, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a calculated evil intention, evil, uh, an intention to harm. I'm going to kill you. I want to kill you. That kind of stuff. Blasphemy, what's that about? That which is against God. You know what blasphemy sounds like? It sounds a lot like doubt and unbelief. You remember what Jesus said when these Pharisees said, he casts out the devil by the power of the devil. And Jesus said, you know, it's one thing to blaspheme the son. There's forgiveness for that, but you blaspheme the spirit. Ain't no hope for you. How many of you grew up being afraid that maybe you had done it or could possibly do that? You can't. You should, you should breathe a sigh of relief tonight. As believers, you cannot blaspheme the Holy Spirit. They were calling what Jesus did something else. They could not believe they no they could they would not believe that he was who he said he was so they reverted to blasphemy and calling it what it was not speaking against God and calling it the work of the devil that's why I cringe a little bit when I hear some of my compadres out there calling the gifts of the spirit and tongues of the devil that freaks me out a little bit blasphemy filthy language out of your mouth. Now watch. Do not lie to one another. How do you lie to somebody? With your mouth. Easily. With your mouth. Since. Now, now I think this is interesting. He says to put all these off. Put these things off. That just means get them out of your mouth. Don't allow them to come out of your mouth. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds. In other words, he's saying, don't talk like the old man. I'm not talking about your dad. I'm talking about your old nature. You've put him off. When you, when you were crucified with Christ, the old man died. So don't speak up for him. Don't keep his language in your mouth. Don't let his speech be in your mouth. Let your speech be always with grace. Season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So here now he says, get this stuff, you, you put this stuff off. 
by guarding your tongue. Because my family, can I remind you tonight that if you control your tongue, you control your life? Let's go to one last place and then I'll be done. Um, I didn't have this in the scriptures uh, list, Brooke, but it's James chapter, James, James, Santiago, chapter three, sounds right, sounds right, chapter three, I didn't have it in my notes, sorry. Let's start reading in verse one of chapter three, I guess. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers. No, no, I don't like that verse. The teachers get a stricter judgment. Keep going. I didn't want to see that one tonight. For we all, here we go. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, watch what James says about the tongue. I love this. He is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Need to have self-control. Well, how do you get self-control? Control that tongue. And you can control your body. You can control your life. Next. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Four. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Five, even so, the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Mm-hmm. In the words of Smokey Bear, only you can present, pre- present, only you can prevent those forest fires in your life. Next. And the tongue is a fire. Look, look how it describes that tongue in your head. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Oh, okay. So the tongue can control the body or it can defile the body. And sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Verse 8, here here it is. But no man, say no man. No man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Well, thanks for all that good news tonight, James. If I can't tame it, then why are you telling me that I can control my whole body if I can't tame it? How am I supposed to control it? You can't tame it, but you can control it. There is a difference between taming it and controlling it. It just means that you have to stay on top of it all the time. Until that day when that tongue gets glorified. You're going to have to purpose to get the good words in your mouth and keep them there. And it is a daily Minute by minute sometimes. Discipline. Because remember this. Your life is depending on it. Paul says you've got to get these things out of your mouth. Get that tongue under control. Set your mind on things above. And I'll add to that, set your tongue on things above. Say what God has said. That's why it's so important to get the word in your mouth. Get the Word of God in your mouth. I don't know what to say. 
Open that Bible and just start reading it out loud. Open Colossians and just start reading it out loud. Make yourself control that tongue because you can. Not only you can, but my family, we're all responsible to do it. Let's finish with these next few verses. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Ten. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Amen. I'm, de- I'm determined that people of one cause church are going to be people who speak blessing. Amen. We don't talk out of both sides of our mouth. We declare the word of God. We stay on the word of God. Amen. We speak blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Amen. Because remember this, words are seeds, and when you, whatever seeds you sow, you will reap. Amen. Good things will come to you when you sow those good things. I hope this has blessed you tonight. Let's, let's pray for a moment. Tonight, during the worship service, actually it was when Heather got up to pray. And something that Roxanne said to me before serve, or actually it was during, during the music. And she said, we need miracles. We need miracles. We need, we need. There are people who need them. We all need them at one time or another. But there are people that we all love and, and hold dear that we know they need God's intervention. They need a supernatural intervention. Because there's, there's nothing in the natural. There's no resource. There's no solution in the natural. But my family, let's set our mind on things above because we have a heavenly resource and we have a God who will supply all of our need according to His riches. Where? In glory. Ooh, thank you, Lord. What He's saying is, I will supply you according to how rich I am. How rich is God? Our resources, our heavenly resources. And that's why we have to set our mind on things above because when we, when we focus on that and we see that, we are citizens of that kingdom. That kingdom cannot be shaken. And whatever is allowed here on earth has to be allowed there first. That's the standard. Whatever we want to bind here has to be bound there. Well, there's no sickness there, so then we have the right because we're seated there to say no sickness here. There's no death there. Then we have the right as citizens of that kingdom to say there is no sickness here. There is no death here. There is no lack here. And we call what happens in heaven to happen here on earth. And this is how Paul said, did you receive the Spirit? He who works miracles among you and supplies the Spirit, does he do that because you keep the rules? Or does he do it by the hearing of faith? Does he do it by the hearing of faith? What does that mean, the hearing of faith? Have you heard about faith? I think it's twofold. You hear about faith, that is you hear the word of faith preached. You hear about believing God. And Jesus saying, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The hearing of faith. What happens for those who will believe? But there's also the hearing of faith. That is, I have ears to hear. That is, ears to believe. 
I'm not a skeptic of the promises of God. I'm not a skeptic of the, of the Word of God. I'm not a skeptic of miracles. I'm not a skeptic of the supernatural. I don't sit around and go, hmm, I wonder if that's God. Or... No, I'm a believer, and I have ears to believe. I hear to believe, not here to doubt, not here to wonder, not here to scrutinize. I hear to believe. Does he supply the Spirit and work miracles among those who do the rules or to those by the hearing of faith? And we believe. Therefore, we expect miracles. Maybe you need a miracle tonight. Won't you just lift your hands toward heaven tonight? That's you. You need a miracle. You're beyond your own resources right now. Lord, thank you right now. Let me just speak the word of God. I want to build your faith for just a moment. Whatever things... You ask when you pray. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Mm. Those who seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all that you have need of will be added to you. And my God woo, shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ. Not in my strength. Through Christ. Not because I'm hoping somebody comes through for me. Through Christ. Not because I need the boss to give me a raise. Through Christ. Christ, who strengthens me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness, which is grace, and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says God. Thank you, Lord. But when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Do any of you lack wisdom? Let them ask of God, who gives liberally and abradeth not. But let him ask in faith, without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro, tossed by the wind. And when you doubt, don't expect to receive anything from the Lord. But when you believe, fully expect to receive from Him. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just read this scripture again tonight, thanks to my 
friend Austin back there, he sent his word and healed you and delivered you from your destructions. Whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't we just stand for a moment? And now we're going to thank him for the miracles. Thanking him obligates the giver. That's why he says, when you let your request be made known, do it with thanksgiving. That means you expect it to happen. We're not those that go, well, we'll see what happens with the Lord. You never know. No, you do know. He said, if you pray with thanksgiving, what else can I do except do it for you? What's the use in thanking me if I'm not going to do it for you? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the provision. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the restoring. Thank you for the redeeming. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the provision. Thank you, Lord, for miracles, Lord, beyond what we know, what we think, what we see, what we feel, uh, beyond our own experience, God. You're not bound by any of that. So tonight, by faith, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. We declare it so in Jesus' name. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, all things have been made new. Thank you, Lord. Man, I felt that was a word from God right there. Somebody here, I don't know who you are, and I I don't want to call you out tonight, but you have something physically in your body that has grown old. And it's grown old too quick. While the rest of you is going, this part has grown old. And it's giving you trouble. But I, I just felt when I, when I said that tonight, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. We're not, we're not just talking about the spiritual things. Because every spiritual blessing happens first before it happens in the natural. You declare life over that old thing right now. You declare it's a new thing. In Jesus' name. Declare it's a new thing tonight. It might be an organ in your body. It might be a limb. It might be ligaments, you know, muscles, joints. You just declare in Jesus' name, whatever it is. Yeah, just declare it out loud. It, it, no, the old is made new. The old is made new. Lord, thank you. My shoulder, hallelujah, is made new tonight. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Might have to lay hands on your spouse. The old. <laughs> has been made new. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. And the devil devil can go straight to hell. Amen. But none of you can. Amen. Sunday, we're going to be beginning this series, Our God of Abundance. Man, I'm excited to to preach this message, this series of messages for you. It's going to bless you. And Miss Faith wrote a song called El Shaddai. And it's all about our God of abundance. Remember when she sang that at the Christmas production? Oh, my gosh. Awesome. So um, we'll probably be doing that song a few times throughout it. Just whenever called upon, which might be several times. Anyway, powerful song.
Let's go out of here tonight in the blessing of God. Father, thank you that you bless your people and they're going out just like they've been blessed and they're coming in. The favor of God surrounds them as with a shield, which means your favor is their defense. Whew. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. They're favored. As Charlie says, I'm his favorite son. We are his favorite sons. Hallelujah. Father, thank you now that your people go in grace and the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their hearts and minds. Thank you that this people know their God. They are strong and they do great things, exploits in the earth in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.